Civilized Parking is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Browns ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, sometimes with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. There's an easy two-tap checkout to get you out of there when you're done. So head over to the App Store or the Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hi, everybody. This is Civilized Barking uh, in light of a very uncivilized ending to the game. Zach Jackson, Pat McManaman, and Jason Lloyd. Uh, we're about 90 minutes or so after um, the bedlam, for lack of a better term. Trying not to make light of it. Uh, luckily, Mason Rudolph's okay. I think everyone else got out okay. Um, really important win for the Browns, really embarrassing ending. Um, I'm sure we're going to focus on that here as we discuss. Um, and guys, let's not, you know, everybody's seen it, right? So let's talk about what we've seen in the, in the aftermath and where we think this goes. Um, uh, right away, it was Baker on the obligatory national TV interview saying it was embarrassing. Later, it was Baker saying it didn't feel like a win. Um, I was down in the visitor's press conference room where, uh, Mason Rudolph called it Bush League and cowardly. It's hard to disagree. Jason, I know you were right there with Miles Garrett um, as I walked into the very end of that interview. So uh, let's have you start there, what you saw and heard uh, on that end. Yeah, Miles said all of the right things for the most part. Said it was unacceptable. He can't lose his cool like that. Uh, I asked him if he is afraid he's going to be known as a dirty player now. And he kept saying, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it for yourself. And I think he was trying to infer – you know, that he's not the one that started it and Mason Rudolph twisted his helmet and, you know, whatever else and all that's all well and good. But we've seen helmets get twisted a lot. I've, I've never seen a man rip another man's helmet off and swing it and hit him in the head with it. Uh, this is a stain that will be on Miles' career the rest of his career. And so he showed contrition at times in the locker room, said all the right things. We'll play the audio for you, the full audio of his postgame uh, here in this podcast, and you can hear it for yourself. Uh, you know, it, before it even started, Sheldon Richardson kind of put a hand on his shoulder and squeezed his shoulder and miles kind of took a deep breath and you could see his shoulders kind of sag a little bit and he was wearing it. You could, you could see it on his face that he knew he, how, how badly he screwed up. Doesn't excuse it, but you could tell it was, I've been in a lot of locker rooms where guys were not sincere in their apologies and they were just saying it because they felt like they had to say it. And that was not the case with Miles. I did see genuine regret with him, uh, but it still it, it doesn't excuse what happened. Right. Um, let me just say this: you guys are parents. I'm not, thankfully. Um, sometimes who started it right doesn't count. And right out of character, it happened. Right. So uh, Pat, he knows he's going to not play football probably for a long time. Um, and I can't disagree with anything Jason said about this is going to follow him his entire career. Yeah, and I think the Browns realized that. And I, I, what I took out of all the interviews post-game was I've rarely heard a team and a coach be as critical of one of their own players as the Browns were. Nobody tried to hide from it. Uh, Baker Mayfield on the field said it was unacceptable. 
He repeated that in his press conference. Odell Beckham said the same thing. Unacceptable. You can't do that. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was angry. I mean, uh, like. Well, he should be. <laughs> fight, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say fighting angry. That's the wrong. He, he was really seriously angry. He called it embarrassing. He said he's embarrassed. He said Miles is embarrassed. He says it's not who we want to be. It's not who we're going to be. But unfortunately, on this night, that's who they were. Yeah. Let's just be honest. The Browns have been the most embarrassing team in the league. And they have been. And tonight they win, and, and Mason Rudolph has a lot to do with that. But the fact is, they got off to a hot start. They hit a rut, then they made plays. The game is over. I'm not even watching when it starts because there's eight seconds left. Eight seconds. You're eight seconds away from getting out, getting your long weekend, and being able to say, hey, we're still in this thing. And I just joked with Pat right before that play. I was like, Mason Rudolph just got destroyed on first and second down. I'm like, just take a knee right. and let's go home. And then all hell breaks loose right right when that happened. And, and that's a part of what happened, I think, guys, is that Mason Rudolph had just gotten drilled on two straight plays. Uh, he, had, he got rid of the ball on, on this one, and Miles, I think, three, four, good, good three, four seconds after the pass had been thrown, dragged the guy to the ground, and he didn't like it. That's what started it. And you could say Mason Rudolph started it by grabbing Miles' helmet. You could say Miles started it with probably what could have been, you know, borderline roughing the passer. Bottom line is, when you grab somebody's helmet and swing it like that, it's a dangerous weapon, and it is a scary, awful thing to see. Right. I, I don't want to lose sight of this, so let's go here um, before we go anywhere else. Um, the tentacles of this thing for Miles is, are, are long. Um, there's the suspension. There's the reputation. There's the retribution. There's the fact that he is six weeks from being eligible for a mega, mega extension. Yep. And... I don't think any of us are going to be surprised if the suspension is anywhere from three games to eight or more games. Zach, remember, Albert Hainsworth got five games for stomping on Andre Garot's head. Mm-hmm. This is worse. Oh, it was. If, it was you, worse. if you want to follow that precedent, Miles' season is over. Right. Um, look, it, it was football at its worst. Demarius Randall gets kicked out for the exact kind of hit the NFL is trying to eliminate. That's very unlike Demarius. Again, here we are talking about that, but it happened. Schuster concussion. Um, Demarius knocks out uh, Johnson with the concussion. Morgan Burnett playing his best game as a Brown suffers an Achilles injury. We don't know the extent. We know how those usually go, especially for an older player. Um, Just ugly all around. And, you know, in a way, the rivalry's back. And there's all sorts of spice for two weeks from now. But Two weeks? (laughs) These teams play again in two weeks. All right, this is not the kind of spice you need, though. I mean, this is is absolutely the the wrong thing. It's way over the top. Yeah, and it's great to think they they could play a competitive game, win the game, and get out of it, but that ending was just ridiculous. Right. And can we go back to two weeks ago when one of their players was issuing death threats on social media? (laughs) Right. Like, this is a systemic issue. I just said, Jason – Given the 21 years of the new Browns, right? Anytime you have a moment in Browns history, you do not have a good day. And this is twice in the last 10 days. Yeah, exactly. Let's even go back to preseason in Indianapolis. Well, I think it's fair to go back there. Yeah. I think it is. Freddie didn't seem to think so. It's illustrative of a bigger di- problem with discipline and, and control of the team and that, and the team main, maintaining their con- – well, maybe I shouldn't say the team. In this Tonight it was one player, but it is kind of – Seems emblematic of a bigger issue with the team as a whole, maintaining their con- their composure and discipline. We've seen, you know, just li- much less serious things. That a, a play goes wrong, something goes wrong, and they tend to collapse a little yeah. bit. That's another yeah. piece that's emblematic. 
again, Jason, we're, we're still kind of piecing this all together and processing what we saw and what we heard. I know one of the things you might write is, is basically kind of what Pat just said and yep. what you just touched on. You just wrote my column. Um, you know, it goes to Indy. You look at Mason Rudolph, who's flat out overmatched here tonight. The Steelers score seven points. On that drive, they get 58 yards in penalties. Yep. And the big one is is a, is a guys playing a deep ball, right? That's football. It happens. The Browns benefited from those tonight right right off the bat. They, they attacked what they thought was a weak spot in the secondary. But th- this whole thing has been, and it does date back to that day. Look, I, the Browns hadn't had joint practices in many years, and the last time they did, I wasn't there. I worked for a different company. I didn't travel with the team. But I remember going way back to when they did this in the Butch Davis days and when I was young in my career and following this. The reason, Part of the reason so many coaches don't want to do those is they just turn into fights because guys are tired and they're pissed off and they're trying to prove something and they finally have some fresh meat. And that second day in Indy, I showed up there and I could tell right away it was going to be fight day. <laughs> and the it's first time, all, what it was was a simple 15-yard out where the – uh, guy poked at the ball after the play, and the receiver and the DB shoved each other lightly, as lightly as these physical freaks shove each other, and the entire Browns offensive line came sprinting from 20 yards away like they had been coached to do that. That's exactly what happened. I testify that's in the court. And, and tonight's the culmination of it. Yeah. And, let, and let's also – got to say this in personal opinion, but I've enjoyed getting to know Miles Garrett. Absolutely. He's a, he is not you know an over-the-top kind of guy like that. Uh, he seems to be grounded. He seems to have a, a center to him, and he just lost control. And you know, you, but it's there's no excuse for it. It just cannot happen. And, and likely, yeah, I think it's a very fair guess to say he may not play again this season. I'm glad you said that because I I was going to write that. I feel the exact same way. I you know I've only been around him last year and this year, but I I think he's a great guy from from all accounts of getting to know him. He's he's intrinsic. He's a deep thinker. He's different. He's into dinosaurs. He's not your normal NFL player. That's why it was so out of character tonight, and that's why I wanted to make the point. And and we'll we'll just we'll play it now. We'll play the Miles Garrett sound for you now, and you can hear it for yourself. But it was it was a moment like we have not seen from him before. Well, it don't. I made a mistake. I lost my cool. And, well, now I regret it. It's, it's going to come back to to hurt our team. You know. The guys who, who jumped in the, the, the little scrum, I appreciate you know, my team having my back, but it just never got to that point. That's on me. How well, tough is it for you guys to play the game, kind of game you did, and then to have it all seem to be overshadowed by, by that play? Uh, a win's a win. I don't think it's overshadowed by and what happens in, in eight seconds. No. Play a hell of a game on defense. Offense came out firing, and uh, we held it down from from there on. And uh, what we uh, what we did on you know, the field of play for the rest of that game, for last you know, for the first 59 minutes, you know, that shouldn't go unnoticed. Do you feel you played the final game of the season tonight? No clue. Did Mason say something? Is that what started things? I just got to go look at it. No, I'm not going to make gonna comment on it. They called embarrassing on your coach. Do you think that's a fair description of Absolutely. You know, that, that is embarrassing. You know, what I did was more foolish, and I shouldn't allow myself to, to slip like that. That's out of character. But, you know, a situation like that where, you know, it's an emotional game, like Larry said, 
and uh, allow myself to to fall into those emotions. You know, with that the last play and what happened. How, how did it escalate? Like at the, to the point where you hit him with his helmet? Gotta go watch. Did you uh, did you address the team or anything? Hold them all. I wanna next time I see him, I'll, I'll address them. I address them all. I'm not gonna just address my my position group or defense. You know, no, I'm hurting my whole team. What I did, and you no, know, that could come back to bite us. And I don't know what kind of repercussions I'll face, but you no, know, gotta be better. Do you, do you have any idea what you might say? You know, I think of it when I get there. But, you know, embarrassing, foolish, and bad representation of, of who we want to be and you know, what we're trying to do with the rest of the season. Miles, is it so out of character for you? Is it a build-up, kind of just the game, the chippiness throughout the entire game? I don't think so. You know, it's an emotional game, play, you know, high intensity. And uh, no, I wouldn't have any problems with you know, anybody on their team. Before that, and uh, just one play, one play got to me. This is, two, this is the team you've been facing two weeks, and you anticipate there's going to be a different attitude feeling to that game. You guys want Pittsburgh as a result of what happened in that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there'll be a little bit more animosity, a little bit more of a understood, just, uh, I don't know if you can call it hatred, but you know, however they feel about know what happened you know, it was accident but you know they're, they're going to feel some type of way you know it was it was some on both parts but you know they're going to protect their guy just like my guys will protect me you know, however you know that swings and we play him again and we'll see when you had a couple of roughies early in the year you had to answer questions about if you were a dirty player or not are you concerned that that's going to become your reputation now after the night i don't know you know look back at the film he's some dirty player then no, that's your opinion. No, I have my own, and I just can't fall into those kind of traps. How, Take two how more. Your how did your teammates respond? So Sheldon kind of pat you on the back just now. I mean, how, how they kind of responded? My teammates had my back. You, know, you saw that when they, they came out and got me. And uh, even the Castro on the other team, he was you know, trying to keep everybody off me. Uh, he under, understood the gravity of the situation. He didn't want any you know, more blows to to be thrown. And, uh, you know, he, he, it was just... Two guys getting chippy, and uh, you know, he and I made a mistake. But I appreciate him, you know, coming up to me, and Larry coming up to me, just you know, have my back in the, the whole situation. Miles, how do you expect the league to respond to this? I don't know. Never been in this situation, and uh, I've really never seen uh, any suspension. Like I've, I've never uh, really looked into it, so I wouldn't. We'll know what they're going to do. Can I, can I say one quick thing coming out of that? I interrupted you, Zach. I'm sorry. But <laughs> this is the same guy, let's not forget, when a fan, alleged fan, asked for his picture and then punched him, who did not get out of the car and chase the fan down, who kept his cool. That's a good point. I mean, so it's, it's just a weird dichotomy. But he wasn't on happened. a football field. But he was like, also leading the NFL in personal fouls early in the year. But, but again – I kind of feel silly even talking about that because that is so not like tonight. That yeah. was outrageous by any standard. Tonight. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I saw it, like I said, I was not even watching the play. There were eight seconds left in the game. I started watching the extracurriculars. I watched him peel that thing back. I said, no way is he going to do this. Yep. And he did it. Yep. Uh, we just counted. Pouncey got seven punches and one kick in. He said he doesn't care if he gets suspended. He had to do what he had to do. 
Um, but look, in two weeks when the Browns go to Heinz Field, and this is, again, not the way to reignite the rivalry. Uh, Miles is going to be at the museum. He's not going to be there. That hurts the team. And that, Jason, goes to your larger point of this whole season. It's always something, and it's rarely about the Browns scoring touchdowns or finishing games. It's it's. I kind of laughed when I first started hanging around you guys and started doing the Browns more about it can't really be as bad as everyone says it is. It can't really be as outrageous, can it? Yeah, it, it really can. Like I, I stand corrected. It really is as outrageous. And I wasn't even here for 0-16. And, and, and Freddie Kitchens was, uh, you know, he's almost pounding the podium, but he's right. The, the Browns have never beaten Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the same season since they've been back. Right. They finally pull it off tonight, and look what the attention is going to be on. Yeah. And look, they should have won this game tonight, right? They're at home. They got a little bit of momentum. We know the Steelers have been playing well, but they were flawed. The Browns needed this a lot more, a yes. lot worse than the Steelers yeah. did. The Browns came right out, and this is a trend we've been talking about on this podcast for a long time. The offense starts out hot. The adjustments start happening. They start, they slow to a crawl. However, they came out and seized this game. They won this game. They had the third quarter rut. We have Bruce Gradkowski tweeting, <laughs> of, of all people, oh, that the yeah. Browns are going to Browns it. But they made the plays in the fourth quarter. The game, it wasn't in Baltimore where all the Ravens fans went home with eight minutes. But the game was long decided with eight, long before there were eight seconds left. And then this happens. And it is the narrative of the whole season. And that's exactly why your team captain, a leader on the team, has to, has to walk away. He just has to get up and walk away from the whole thing. And not let that happen. That that was scary. There's no oh no doubt outrageously scary. I, I I covered the Cincinnati basketball Xavier fight uh, eight, eight or nine years ago, and that was scary because I was on the floor. Um, but the 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 scenes tonight reminded me of that. It was just out of control, and you didn't know who was going to get hit or, right. or seriously hurt next. I have nothing to compare it to. I've been doing this twenty years. I've never seen anything like it in any sport. Think, think about Miles Garrett's arms, which are probably as bigger yeah. than my my waist. He's smuggling pumpkins. I mean, for biceps, swinging a helmet. If he hits that guy in the head with full force, and he did, right, I, I mean, can't believe I can't believe Rudolph's still standing. It's yeah, it's and he's scary. He's okay. Okay, so um, before we wrap this up, guys, because there's only so much we can say, I want to make sure that we're we're taking our listeners um, down in the tunnel, uh, you know, in the press conference room, in the locker room, whatever we saw here. So. Uh, our colleague in Pittsburgh, Mark Caboli, saw Bud Dupree go looking for the Browns locker room. Um, you know, obviously nothing came of that, and that that is good. Uh, I went to the Steelers locker room first, where most guys were not talking. Um, they were coached not to say anything. Cam Hayward went on. He he obviously said what he said. It was along the lines of what Pouncey said, and that we, we there's no room for that, and we don't give a darn, frankly, you know, for the way we responded. Um, so then I went to the Mason Rudolph press conference, and he came in, uh, and he said he was okay, but twice he called it Bush League and cowardly. And then at one point uh, when the discussion turned to maybe how it got started or, or what took it to that level, he said, where did it cross the line? And he almost chuckled, and he said, where did it cross the line? Probably when he took my helmet off and swung at me. So right after that, the Steelers smartly cut it short, five minutes, probably more like three and a half, actually. Um, I'd have to go back and look. And then I was on to the Browns locker room where there was already a big group around Garrett, so I couldn't really get close enough. Um, Jason was in there. Pat, what, what did you see in here that sticks out to you from the last 90 minutes or so? Uh, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Is it just struck me how I've rarely been around a team or a coach or teammates who 
were so critical of a teammate. I mean, they all said it was inexcusable. Uh, the ones I talked to, at least, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, and Freddie Kitchens, inexcusable. And they also pointed out how much he hurt the team and that he potentially could have hurt the team going forward. Because if you got, if you're fighting for your life in every game to get into the playoffs and you're missing your best player, and as Odell Beckham said, not just our best player on defense, one of the best players in the league on defense, you have, and you take yourself out of that because of something like that, you have put a serious hurting on your own team. It took an inordinately amount, long amount of time for the locker room to open. Yes. And I'm sure that they were prepping Freddie and Miles on what to say, probably giving Miles a little bit of time to calm down. It seemed like it took a, a, quite a while for Freddie to come out. So that, that's what I'll remember. Half the locker room was already cleared out by the time we got in there. And it, it felt like a losing locker room. I've never seen such a somber winning locker room, uh, it, particularly in football, where it's always adrenaline, emotions are running high. Guys are in a good mood. It's back slaps. It's laughs and jokes and high fives. It, there was none of that. And the Browns earned this win, right? Yes, this was absolutely. It, it was not perfect. It's not going to be, and it was much prettier than last week. Absolutely. How, all right. Let me ask. How many? We all know Miles Garrett's going to get suspended. Who else? Well, I believe Randall should be, and I honestly I would have to go back and watch the Larry Ogunjobi thing. I can't. I heard someone say that Larry might be up for a game, but I didn't yeah. see enough. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Pouncey probably. Pouncey's getting suspended. How about Rudolph? No, I don't believe. I, again, I'm going to look at it again. I don't believe so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying you got to go look at the film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach Jackson going Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I got to go watch the tape. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> in two weeks, these teams play again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. You know, it's, it's, very, it's a very minor detail in the grand scheme of things. But I thought it was very wise for the Browns to send Garrett Gilbert out to take the final snap of the game, just in case there's any sort of retaliation at, at Baker. Uh, Baker better have his head on a swivel in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an ugly scene outside the stadium, inside the yep. stadium. And just to t- guys, full disclosure, you know, Pittsburgh from my house, the Steelers facility is like an hour and 50 minutes. And the other day, Jason and I talked and I said, what? You know, is there anything to go over there for? And we just we couldn't come up with a good story idea. And we said, just, we'll just go to Bria for the day. But I think I think there may be a good reason to go now. Might be a good reason to go now. Yeah, might be time to go. Yeah. So anyway, it's time for us to go. There's only so much we can say. Uh, Stay tuned to the Athletic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Um, And again, it's a night in Browns history. So they have beaten the Ravens and Steelers in the same year for the first time in team history. Uh, The season uh, is alive to an extent. And uh, we will see what comes of this. So for Pat and Jason, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Civilized Park.